Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. So how did MSD become MSD? MSD um, I love. Well, have you ever done the Strengths Finder? Oh, so yes. one of my, one of my big strengths is a ranger. Mm. So um, this is why I'm good at planning stuff. But also I think when I'm watching people, which I do a lot, I watch people all the time is how are they doing stuff? Mm. You know, and I kind of pull out the pieces. And when I was working at Blackboard, um, I was one, I mean, there were a fair amount of women and I was in software development, but there was a ton of guys. So um, to be heard, you know, is different for women um, way back when, God, 20 years ago for real. Um, but there's this woman that I work with and I'm still friends with her today. And um, we'd be having these discussions and I would put forward a idea and people would just be like, man, no, you know, and then keep talking. She would do it 20 minutes later and everyone, my idea, she would, everyone be like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. We've got to do that. And instead of like hating her for it, <laughs> I just, and I don't think she was like purposely taking my idea or anything like that. It's just that she had better timing mm. and um, she knew when to float an idea and how to position the idea much better than I did. So um, I just pay attention to that. And I started changing the way that I put forward ideas. I would wait much longer until for people to have voiced their opinions. <laughs> and then I wisdom. will. That is it, yeah. wisdom right there. That is, that is for everyone listening. That is personal. That is professional. That is wisdom. Yes. Cause everyone needs to have their peace, yes. but um, that's just an example. I do this all the time. I am a people watcher. I don't just do it to make fun of them. <laughs> Although I do do that too. I do it because I like, I watch how people are more successful than me, how they operate. Mm. And then I try and kind of replicate more the framework of what they're doing, not exactly what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, you, it's so brilliant what you said about like, you could have hated her. You could have said that's not fair and gotten stuck in that negative place that we so often do versus really saying, okay, I'm going to learn that and replicate it. Yes. That's wisdom. Yeah. And she is, she is an amazing person and always has great ideas, but um, there were definitely times that I was like, Oh, <laughs> why, why? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Did that answer your? It did. Okay. Yeah, like that's that's the thing I love because you have a corporate background. I do have a corporate background. Yes. And your wife and mother, mm -hmm. your entrepreneur, sister, you, daughter, sister, daughter, <laughs> friend, cousin, mm -hmm. all yep. the titles. So, yep. what would you say the thing is that you're most passionate about? Uh, well, right now I. I am very passionate about my business. I hate to say it. My kids are like, you work all the time. But <laughs> I would say I've always been a family first person because mm -hmm. um, working in corporate and at Blackboard at that time, I was one of the first people that was married and had kids in that group. So they worked 
all the time because it was fun. There was a bunch of people our age, you know, go out partying, drinking. It was a lot of fun to work there. And so they worked a lot of hours because they were working. We were working with our friends. Yeah. And um, but I didn't do that. I've never been that kind of person. So I would go home (laughs) to your Um, little children because now uh, they're teenagers, right? So you're in a different season. I was in a totally different season. And even before I had children, I was working there. I was like, well, I can only go out two nights a week because I have to hang out with my husband. Um, But uh, family first is important to me. Even as a manager, it was like, whatever the issue was, if it was a family or work, it was like, family comes first. You're going to regret it if you don't do this. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, being involved in school. I was um, my daughter's daisy leader. I um, coached soccer. I didn't do as much with Declan because he was like really good at soccer. I I coach soccer, but I'm not a good coach at soccer. Um, I'm not any of those um, things. I'm not any of those (laughs) things, but I will have a conversation with you. I will try to listen my best. I will not coach. <laughs> right. Well, I bring, I bring people together. So like I had another lady that was really good at organizing and also she played soccer. And then we had this young woman who was like fresh out of college and played soccer. So she was actually the, the technical coach is what we call her, but I bring people together. I don't yes. try to do it all. <laughs> you're the fun one. I think you're the fun one. You're like, I, um, you're like corporate meets party meets success. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, cause I've been saying it, if you're around, if you've been around me in the last couple of months, I say, if MSC, if MSD says to do it, I do it. <laughs> so, you know, awesome. that's why I want to yeah. know, like, what's this badass. So coming from corporate, you come over to this entrepreneurial entrepreneurial world. What do you feel like your biggest struggle was when you were working corporate and how has that changed you? Uh, my biggest struggle working corporate is, which you may be surprised, is that I did not feel like a thought leader. I didn't feel like I had my own point of view on things. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, explain that thought leader real quick. Like, what do you mean by thought leader? Thought leader, like um, I was, I was in quality assurance, which is software testing. I did project management. I did program management. Um, I just didn't feel like I was an expert in any of those areas and was posting on social media and like, cause the people I was working with all were doing that. You know, I'm a, I'm a user experience, um, expert and they had blogs and everyone had something like that. And I didn't feel like I did that at all. Um, the other thing I struggled with is I'm actually really terrible at politics um, I'm just yes. too direct. I don't like playing the, um, the game. Mm-hmm. And so I don't do it very well, <laughs> but I don't feel bad about that. No, um, no. I speak what's on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving into entrepreneurship. It's been, I am, I do feel like a thought leader. I have developed my point of view. Um, and I really, you love that. That's actually something that I look back and I'm like, why, why wasn't I a little bit more ballsy in mm. positioning my thoughts that way? It wasn't that I didn't have expertise and that I didn't have expert ideas. It's just, I wasn't comfortable saying I was. Yeah. What do you think brought out some of that confidence? Cause I think um, about that a lot too, for me, like when you said about the politics, 
same. I feel like I'm great at getting along with people. Like I can do the mm-hmm. friendliness, but I also feel like I have some stories. I'm sure I've told them um, in the past, but like if, you know, my gym teacher like embarrassed me in front of the class and my parents were like, well, then you need to talk to him about it. So like the next day I went and I was like, I don't like the way you treated me. And uh, yeah, I don't want to be treated like that. And, you know, what I've told that story over the years, it was like, you said that to him. It's like, well, yeah, why? You know, I don't care. Like, I don't think I was rude about it, but if you make, especially a woman, but if you make like a teenager feel like they're rude for standing up for themselves. And so then you put that incorporated in the whole hierarchy, like, I can't do that. So, yeah. um, but you know, I can see in the areas where I'm growing, where like, I haven't said stuff because that people pleasing aspect that I'm like recovering people pleaser (laughs) for you. Like, I love that. That's why I love that thought leader. Like, yes, a thought leader. And you have those opinions then. So like, what do you think was the shift? Well, I think you have to have that opinion of yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's part of it. I mean, I would watch people that were in leadership positions ahead above me, you know, and I could totally see that they were just saying they were an expert and everyone was believing them. (laughs) That's more wisdom right there. That's some more wisdom. But uh, I think that was closer to the time when I I left corporate. And so Mm -hmm. when I moved into entrepreneurship, I continued to see that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, where people say that they're an expert and that they're positioning themselves as a thought leader. And I realized, what am I waiting for? Nobody is going to crown me a thought leader of anything. I have to crown myself um, and I just have to do it, you know, and start getting comfortable with it. So it did take quite a while because I wouldn't say that I hit my stride until I was about two years into my business. But that's a great point to bring up because so often we think that it needs to be fast. It needs to be, you know, just that we quickly put it together. And I think that there's definitely something to be said for life experience, you know, going through that, um, walking through that. I mean, that's why life, I was thinking this morning about, man, with this podcast, you know, when I'm talking to people, who am I talking to? And it's so funny you said that because I thought I'm talking to experts because everyone is an expert on their own life if they deal with their stuff. You know what I mean? If you ignore your stuff, but if you deal with your stuff and you kind of figure out like, all right, I, you know, you, like you, you said you started this business and it's like, it took you two years, but you, it sounds like you were working out that stuff to be like, no, I am a badass. I am an expert in this. And you really walked it out. And so that's why everyone has the value because it's your own stuff. It's your own life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, Um, the other thing that I struggled with when I switched to entrepreneurship was that I knew everything because, you know, I had run a department of 80 people and it was a $20 million profit center, um, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, I knew this stuff. So why do I need to have a coach? Why do I need to pay somebody else to tell me how to do this? I know how to do it. So the first two years, I really struggled with that. And I learned that running a department or a company is very different than building a company. Um, the skills you need are different. And so I actually, cause I know a lot of founders, um, Blackboard spun off a lot of small businesses um, from people that worked at Blackboard and went off to start their own companies or were hired on as the CEO of the company. So I know a lot of people that run businesses but they were not the same kind of business I was trying to start, you know, which was a service-based business. I'm bootstrapping it. I did not want to go into debt um, to set it up. Whereas all those guys 
and some women um, were getting funding because it was a technology kind of company. Um, and they just, their suggestions were helpful, but they were not actually applicable to the kind of business that most of us are starting. So, you, you know, that took a lot of time for me to realize that what I'm trying to do, I've never done before. And I need to actually talk to people that have done it before. <laughs> and that's, you know, something we talked about before was your desire for women to talk more about making money. And that is related to, to spending money, supporting businesses. And you do a post every year where you put all the logos up of all the small businesses you support on small business Saturday. You didn't just yes. say, you know, support, support small. You said, these are the businesses I have paid. And thank you very much. I was in there for an awesome <laughs> project that you let me work yeah. on. Um, so thank you. So I would love to hear your wisdom on that because I love how you walked us through you know, kind of that realization that I don't know it all because I know we all, I mean, even if people don't say that we, there's a part of us, we do think that. So you went that, and then you actually put some money down. And that's, I think for me, I can't speak for everyone else once again, but like, for me, it's that fear of spending money. And I guess we could, we could dig that layer back and I could say, it's a fear of investing in myself. Mm. You know, it's a fear of putting, you know, if I, cause if I actually put some money out on the line, then I actually have to follow through where, cause a lot of times in entrepreneurial circles, you hear like passion project, and this is my fun thing. And I've described my stuff as my passion project. And if we peel back the layers, that's just another way too of being like, mm, just playing with it. Like there's not a lot of, I'm not really putting a lot out there. I'm not risking a lot. And when I saw your small business, you know, all those, it's like, you're really putting, you know, the, the money in your, you know, not only supporting others, but you're putting it into more importantly, yourself and your business. I have always invested in myself. Mm. So I'll tell this story because I, everyone's always shocked. When I worked at Blackboard, this guy, Erwin would call me meanie Sue (laughs) because the way I would say stuff was aggressive and kind of um, grating Um, because I am super direct. That was partially why people wouldn't hear me because I was, I don't know, just pushy, too pushy. I was trying to overcome my, I think, insecurity um, by being overly aggressive and not assertive. So one of the first like big things I invested in was a communications course. Because what I'm saying is not mean. It was just the way I was saying it. So like my tone how fast I was talking, how loud. (laughs) Are you kind of blown away? (laughs) I am blown away because you're just so nice. (laughs) But you are direct and you're sharp. And so, man, that money, that, you know, boom, let's go back to old, you know, past you and be like, worth it, worth it. Totally worth it. And it was immediately worth it. Like I took the class. It was like a two-day class, but I was invested and I made some of the changes that I realized I needed to make. And it was shocking how quickly people um, saw the differences and responded positively to them. So, you know, like I asked for feedback. I, I would go to my peers and, you know, being an education company, I think people were open there to see change and transformation. Yeah. Not, not all companies are, but I said, you know, I took this class. These are the things that I'm working on. I would love your feedback on what you've seen change, um, where I could work on. And they were all, you know, really supportive. I got good feedback. I got positive feedback that it was making a difference. And then some constructive feedback on areas I could focus on, but 
the way I show up today is so different than this was 2006 was when I took that class. (laughs) That's awesome though. I don't think we talk enough about change and how it's good to change. Cause I mean, at least for me, I feel like, I mean, we talk about transformation and all that kind of stuff, but change is hard. And what I heard you say is like, you had to listen to constructive feedback, which could also be known as constructive criticism. (laughs) Right. That just makes me cry. Um, So it will, you know, if we want to change, it requires taking a hard look at ourselves And so for me, I am always drawn to people who are willing to do that because it's hard work. And I mean, I think that's because I'm always digging back the layers. So I think that I'm, I'm not shocked. I am. And I'm not like, I'm shocked to hear that. Like what you do such a good job at, you know, with, with your CRM program that you have, like, I am always asking you questions and you're so kind in your responses. And I'm always imagining you being like, oh my gosh, Samantha. No, no, I I mean, it is, it's all, it's delivery in a way is what I had to change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But in it, you know, I think it is hard to hear feedback, but you're never going to change if you don't, aren't open to what you, yeah. what others say, because the reality is not the way you intend. Your intention is not reality. Their perception is the reality. And um, that, that is a big lesson everyone must learn. So how, okay, so then help blow my mind a little bit more when it comes to that constructive feedback, what's your mind strengthening, you know, thing that helps you absorb that? Have you always been the type of person that can take that? Or how do you not, like my go-to might be, I hear it because I like to all, I mean, I feel like I'm very, but I probably am going to lay in bed for a while (laughs) under my weighted blanket just to process (laughs) it and then then hit the ground running a little later. So do you have anything that might be a little bit more productive than laying underneath a weighted blanket? Well, first of all, I'm asking for it. So mm. um, it's yes. not a surprise. You know, I think it, when someone just comes up to you and you're like, they're like, can I give you some feedback? And you're like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. I would love it. If you could tell me all the ways that I'm like screwing up, that would be awesome. Would love it, right? Um, that's, that's perfect. Asking, yes, yeah, because it's much harder when it's a little bit of a surprise. Um, but when you're asking, you can set the tone. The person is going to be hopefully you're not asking a jerk, but they're going to be more receptive to being kind about it too. So, I think that changes the way that you receive it, and that's brilliant too because you also can ask safe people. I think that's a thing with constructive criticism or, you know, constructive feedback, all that kind of stuff. When you have mentors, when you have someone who, you know, you trust and to, I think you can hear those harder things because when you invest in relationships, that's, you know, it's easier to hear the hard stuff from people who, you know, have your best interests at heart and things like that. And, And even if it's not as like mushy as that sounded, just even, you know, in a corporate setting too, it's, they yeah. want you to succeed because we're all in this together. So exactly. And I do still have a hard time hearing when someone's telling me, I heard someone blah, 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 say about you. I hate that. I do get defensive with that more than if someone were to say, I'm struggling with what you're doing and this is how. 
you know, and that's a great piece of advice though, to throw, that's like a great random thing to throw <laughs> out into the world, which is, and I heard this somewhere. It said, when you tell someone something bad that someone else said, it actually reflects more on you than even on that person. Like if you're, you know, it's like, oh, it's not me. I just wanted to let you know, like, so just FYI. Yeah. Nobody don't, wants to don't, hear that. No one here. No one needs to hear that. Um, I wish I could <laughs> quote the Schitt's Creek quote. Um, there's like a gossip. Gossip is the devil's telephone and just hang up. <laughs> just hang up the phone. It's, I love that show. I know we do. <laughs> My husband's just now catching up on it and I'm Me too tired. Too. I just started. Night. Oh yeah. Okay, good. I still have the last season to go. So he's watching it and I want to rewatch it with him, but I'm too tired at night. So he watches it and then I miss it, but I'm just glad he's finally getting the joke because- I just realized, and I also talk like it all the time, you know, I'm like, mm, yeah. I'm sorry. That's it. I love that for you. <laughs> love that for you. That chick. I love her. For you. Uh, this so one good. woman that I work with, I'm not going to name her name, but she is all over the place. She's on the news, stuff like that. But when you see her networking, she says, it's you. I'm so happy to see you. And it does make you feel so good even though I bet you she doesn't know my name. Exactly. <laughs> but you just feel so you, yes. you, <laughs> you. I've probably been guilty of that too. You. Well, I try to bring that enthusiasm when you meet somebody. It's like, you know, cause that does feel good. <laughs> it always feels good. Okay. So we're in 2021 now, right? I don't think I answered your money question yet. Yes. So let's get into that then. Cause Take you were asking there. about investment. Yes. How are you investing yourself? Oh, good. Right. That was such I'm, a good side note though. I'm glad we went down that road though, because yeah. I think that was awesome. So, okay. So money, so money. making the so, money. Yes. So I invest in myself. I've always done that. It's, I think my mother is the one that probably instilled that in me. Um, but being around. Well, now, I'm, now I'm like, now you don't know. What did your mother do? So we can do that to our children, but okay. Let's just, okay. Your mother invested in you. She encouraged and uplifted you probably. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but as far as making money, I think being around men, uh, you know, in technology, it's not that they're just about money, but they're not afraid to say that money is important, you know? And so I think that if you're going to play with the big dogs, you have to play with the big dogs. You can't, I mean, you have to be open to it. Um, and I, I mean, I was making a good, good deal amount of money in corporate. I want to make the same amount of money. Now I have two kids that I hopefully will be sending to college. Um, and I want to be able to help fund that. So I need money to do that as, you know, a equal partner in my, my marriage. Yeah. So if I hadn't, I don't know what it would be like if I never really worked um, and wasn't bringing in as much as him. Like we've always been financially very equal <laughs> and um, now we're very not equal. Um, and I want to get back to that equality. So part of it is just, I like making money. I like not feeling like I have to ask questions about when I spend it. And yes, <laughs> yes. Um, not that we don't talk about, you know, when I'm spending stuff on family, but um, it is, it's very liberating when it's, you know, you're bringing in money that it's, um, you know, how much money the household needs and how much is really um, fun money. And mm -hmm. I like having more fun money, I think is part of it. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? 
Because no. if you're not used to making money, then it's like, and I can speak from experience. It is like, oh, well, I don't really need to make money. I'm used to not making money. So I don't mind not making money. It's totally fine if I don't make money. Oh my gosh. I don't even like, I don't even want to. And then I make money and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this what it's like when you have some money? And I don't mean, I'm just talking like some disposable, like, so yeah. I think that women, it should totally be, that's why I like um, Nicole Magoo with Ambition Unboxed. Mm-hmm. You know, she is all about supporting ambitious women. And I've loved my conversations with her where she talks about just really encouraging that because you don't realize how much stuff is kind of um, sub- subliminally or, you know, just kind of put out there. And it kind of goes back to, you know, women being asked like, so Mary Sue, you're a mom and you have a business. How do you manage all that? Like if a man was on maybe 1% of the time they get asked, like, how do you, how do you do all that? (laughs) So, yes, I've always asked for money though. I don't know where was that from? I wanted to be valued. And so I would Mm. ask for raises. I would ask for more money. I've always done that. Um, Even if I didn't get it, it was the act of asking. But you so, didn't feel crushed if you didn't get it? If no. you asked and didn't get it? Because they know for the next time when they're going to be doling out money that I wanted more. <laughs> more. Oh, dang. Another wisdom drop. This <laughs> yes, thing. And when I was a manager, I would coach, coach my, the females, um, women that were you know, in my circle, if they asked, be like, ask for more money. You just have, like when you're negotiating, a going to a new job, ask for more money, ask for stuff, because it doesn't matter if you get it all, you have to know what your minimum is. But if you don't ask, then they're going to think that you're a hundred percent. Okay. That, um, you know, they're exceeding your expectations. So you always want to ask for something more PTO time, more money. <laughs> ask. Um, funny side note, cause I mentioned that you hired me and I want to like, Oh yeah, people, I just love it. Just this story makes me laugh. Um, cause I was very grateful for like what you hired me for. Like, I was like, Oh my gosh. And I even felt like, Oh my gosh, sucker, Mary Sue. <laughs> she's like paying me because I would do this for free. That's how I'm walking into it. And then when you and I t- followed up and I told you that you were like, I knew I was getting a good deal. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> such a good lesson for me and totally fair, very happy with the way it all worked out. Thank you very much. But to me, that just is such a good reminder to me that here I was like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like I almost felt like I was scamming you out of money. Like, <laughs> and like, man, that's some shit I have to unpack. Like, why am I feeling that way? I got to work on that. Cause I'm worth it. Right. Like I am you worth, are it. worth it. Well, so. and also I think as business owners, we should be assuming a minimum like hourly rate is like $50 mm. an hour. So mm. when I came up with the amount I paid you, that's what I had in my head. And I was like, it is at least going to be four hours, you know, if not more. Yeah. Um, totally so. fair. It was totally good. But like I said, I'm coming from the place of like, I don't know, do you want to pay me like 20? Do you just want to take me out to lunch? Do you just want to like go out to lunch one day? And like, that would be fine. So that's why I need to get my, that's why I need to pick the brains of the business women who have been in corporate. Cause that's the thing, like with people listening and why I love kind of picking all the different brains is we all have such different life experiences. And to you, it's just second nature. Like you've worked with all men, you go through these raises, you ask for money or to me, it's like, but didn't you cry when they said <laughs> no? You know, didn't you question your worth when they said no? Like, well, no. I would always just say, what's the worst case scenario? 
That's the they can't fire you or they're, that's not the, that's not what they're going to do. Yeah. They don't give it to you. Like, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> what it. is the worst case scenario? Um, I, I will say I do struggle with pricing my own stuff as a business owner, just like everyone else. And um, I probably charge a little too, I, I could charge a little bit more, but I have to get comfortable with it too. Yeah. Um, and I take the route of where, you know, I'll start with a price. And if people are saying yes, then I go like three or five people and then I increase it. Hmm. So, um, but I have that in the back of my head that I want to increase it, That's you know, smart. so um, I don't just stick with it. <laughs> that is smart. All right. So you said something um, when you were working in corporate and you would have women on your team. Mm-hmm. So men, you can listen to if you're listening, but as we wrap <laughs> it up, what are some of the main, cause you gave me lots of good nuggets, but what are some of the main things you focused on when you were, um, kind of had them in your team, because now you still do that. Like for me, every time we talk, a lot of these nuggets, they're things, that's why I kind of shared the whole pricing thing with you and me, because <laughs> like that was a, the, the, that conversation was framed as helping me to step into my, you know, confidence and, and mm-hmm. whatnot and my, you know, getting what I'm worth. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, you know, what, what was your kind of main thing? So the money, you know, really encouraging women to make money. Is there anything else or that you're kind of go to, whether it was corporate or now in the entrepreneurial world that you really want to pour into women? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just ask for money. You are worth something. (laughs) Um, So, and I think as entrepreneurs, we should be trying to make at least $50 an hour minimum, but it probably needs to be closer to a hundred. Um, For the other thing is, um, I think of, I mean, you know, I'm saying I have more confidence now, which I do, but um, even when I was managing women, um, I would focus on how you're coming across as a confident person, you know, so the words that women use, I try not to like, I just, or please, um, you know, like the wording of emails makes a difference. So I'm not saying that you should be um, overly aggressive at all, but you don't position um, requests, like kind of the ask forgiveness model is better. Um, and that is, it's better to beg forgiveness than ask permission. Yes. Is that it? Yes. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Women ask permission way too much. And so that would you know, when I manage women, that's what I would coach them on a lot is like, don't ask. And I tell my kids this too, and then they do it. And I don't like it, but don't ask me if you can do something, tell me what you're going to do. And then I will respond. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you know, kids, they should really be asking, but I want them to be more comfortable just doing what they think is right. Cause that's the way I'm raising them. Right. They, I Wisdom. think they make good decisions <laughs> for the most yes. part. <laughs> I feel like that's similar to the way I was raised too. So yeah. I don't women know if I'm ask doing that. Permission way too much. And they do it in the word choices as much as may I do. Um, so I would pay attention to that. Um, and with writing writing. emails, cause I'm guilty. Like I have to, I write an email and I, my first draft is always like, I just, 
um, because I heard that tip somewhere too. And yeah. um, so I write it and I see it. I'm like, I just, um, I was like thinking. And then I go back and I like, I take out so much of the qualifiers. I've been using yeah. the word a lot lately, qualifiers. You know, I was thinking, you know, bup, bup, and I just take it all out. And it's like, I think. I know. And well, and I think I is another one. Like if you're using I a lot in your writing, it can come across as less confident. Um, but you can, you can Google. I know. Wait, what's the Google solution? Me. I don't have a good example in my head, <laughs> but you don't always have to be starting out with, I think I oh, blah, blah, oh. Blah. could just be like the way we should do this is yes. Like this is just fact. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there are, you can Google words that especially women use too much or the way they use it wrong, not wrong, but it just diminishes you, I think, um, with that. And there I am, I'm using the qualifiers. But look, I'm, I'm like, I'm so it. nervous. I know I need to look into that, but I'm so nervous. But if I want to step up my game, then I got to look into it. See, I yes. always have these conflicting voices where I'm like, oh, okay, oh, I'll do it. Apologizing, apologizing. You still like, um, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I just had to take care of my blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, just show up. You know, nobody's going to ask. Just show up. Stop apologizing for being late, for wanting money, for um, wanting more, whatever. Like, just show up and start. I think we always feel like we have to um, kind of set the stage a little bit. But I had women that worked for me and they, because they had kids, you know, they'd take mm-hmm. them to a doctor's appointment. They were late, whatever. They would come to a meeting late and then they would give you this dump of all the stuff that had happened to them that morning. And it's like, shut up. Nobody needs to know that. Well, it's not that we don't care, but you say that to your friends. You don't have to say that when you join a meeting. (laughs) When you join a meeting, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) I like, I got a tip once and it said, instead of apologizing, thank them. So instead of saying like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm late. You say, thank you for your patience. Yes. Yes. I was like, that is (laughs) good. Cause then you're just like, mm, thank you. That's why I like, thank you for your understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you in advance that I appreciate <laughs> your understanding. Right. Mary Sue, you are a wealth of information. As I said earlier, if MSD says it says, do it, I'm doing it. Okay. So um, if people want to get in touch with you um, as we, we touched upon, you are in digital marketing, you do digital tools, you run a CRM, you have mm-hmm. a program that does so much more than that. And so yes. um Basically, you have your stuff together, and so you are a great resource as, you know, not just someone that people can listen to, your wisdom, (laughs) but if they need digital tools for their business, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. So if you go to my website, worksmarterdigital.com, you can learn more about what I do. You can also see a demo of the software and how it can help your business. And if you're interested, you can schedule a call with me and I'd be happy to talk to you about what, you know, if my tool is a good fit or what other tool might be, um, because, you know, I know it's not the fit for everyone. And if you are um, a future guest on the podcast and you get emails from me. Oh, yeah, they're all coming from. Yeah, they're all. (laughs) <laughs> They're all from Mary Sue's for Smarter Digital. So Mary Sue, thank you so much for all of your advice. I think that, you know, we, we say it a lot, so it almost sounds like a cliche, but, you know, we truly are better together. And I think when women especially kind of put their heads together and share ideas and support each other, not just emotionally, but through business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Spending money together on each other with each other's businesses. Um, we can do some powerful things. So thank you so much. 
You're welcome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Please visit our website at flushingitout.com for all things flushing and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.